Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. It's great to have you with us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, just a single story long, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill them with a great story. And we've got one for you today. We want to remind you that we bring you a few of these bites each week in preparation for the Thursday drop of our full hour-long episode. This Thursday, you're going to hear a great performance from the Reverend Robert B. Jones, the wonderful Detroit storyteller and musician. He's going to bring a tribute to his grandmother. Uh, It's called Song for Arnesia, and uh, you can enjoy that right along with our terrific Appleseed studio audience. That's coming up as well as an audio drama in uh, which we'll get a magical visit from Winston Churchill, of, of all people. In the meantime, I'm thrilled to be joined here in the studio by Lacey Olson, one of our assistant producers. Lacey, it's great to have you with me. It's good to be here. Let's talk about uh, Joseph Bruchak. He's such a cool guy. <laughs> Can I just say that? First of all, I have not I've not really been super familiar with a lot of his stories up until now, but this was really fun to listen to. He can just tell stories in a really cool way. Oh yeah. And there's a the Joseph Bruchak body of work is enormous. Mm-hmm. Stories that he tells like this on recordings and on stage as well as books. He's a he's an enormously prolific author and uh, and it's a, it's a real adventure getting into down into all that Joseph Bruchak tells and has written. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. <laughs> That's so impressive. Well, tell us about this story. This story is called The Chenu, <laughs> which is a very classic old-timey story character that's popped up around, you know, several kinds of stories. And it's, I feel like it's probably one of those stories that was told as like, you teach everybody a lesson kind of thing, you know? <laughs> that's the kind of feel I get listening to it. But it's really, it's really interesting and it's so sweet to me and I love... I loved listening to this, and he kind of uses this story and this classic tale to, you know, kind of hit at your heart a little bit and share the theme of kindness and how, you know, you know, we're supposed to just treat everybody around us, and I thought it was a really cool way to approach it. It's so interesting to hear you using words like kindness and this story is so sweet and stuff like that when it's essentially a monster it's story. It's a monster right? story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're happy to bring it to you now. This is The Chenu from... Joseph Bruchak. The Chenu. Long ago, during the moon of falling leaves, a woman and her two brothers traveled to the north to set up a hunting camp. Hoping to bring back enough furs and meat for the winter, they went far away from their village, much farther than anyone had gone in a long time. During the first two days after making camp, the hunting was very good. Each day, the two brothers would go hunting. The sister, whose name was Nolka, would stay behind to tend their camp and prepare any game caught the day before. On the third day, however, while out hunting, the brothers came across a very large set of footprints. Those footprints were over two feet long and ten feet apart. Kneeling down, Awasos, the older of the two brothers, carefully inspected each track. Great-grandfather, told me of a creature that makes tracks like this. It is called a Chenu. Owasos lifted his head to scan the forest around them. Yes, I remember, answered Casco, Owasos' younger brother. He said they were giant cannibals with sharp teeth and hearts made of ice. Consuming the spirits of human beings makes them stronger. 
Looking closer at the tracks, the two men realized the huge footprints were headed in the direction of their camp. We must return and check on our sister, said Awasos. Both men began to run back toward camp. Meanwhile, back at camp, unaware of any danger, Noka was busy cleaning an elk hide. Several yards away, in a large fire pit, a pile of rocks was being heated up for her brother's evening sweat lodge. Having finished the hide, Noka slowly stood up to add more wood to the fire. As she did so, she heard a sudden sound of breaking branches. She turned and looked up. There stood a huge chenu. Its large gray body was covered with pine pitch and leaves, and it wore a necklace of human skulls. Its legs and arms were as thick as tree stumps. Its open mouth revealed a sharp set of teeth, and its eyes were darker than a starless night. The Chenu raised its arms, preparing to grasp Noka in its long, bony fingers. Knowing there was nowhere to hide, Noka thought quickly. Grandfather, she said with a smile, where have you been? Grandfather, the Chenu growled. It stopped in its tracks and looked confused. No human being had ever dared to speak to it this way before. Yes, grandfather, I have been waiting here all day for you. Don't you even remember me, Noka said. There was a long pause. Noka did her best to appear calm. Granddaughter, roared the Chenu. I have a granddaughter? Yes, of course you do. I have been preparing this sweat lodge for you all day. Noka said, motioning towards a large pile of rocks glowing in the fire. She hoped to delay the Chenu from trying to eat her until her brothers returned from hunting. So far, the plan was working. Grandfather, please come into the lodge, she said, lifting up the door flap. Thank you, granddaughter, the Chenu rumbled as it walked over to the sweat lodge and bent down. Crawling on its hands and knees, the giant squeezed through the door. Sitting down his legs around the fire pit, the Chenu filled the entire lodge. Walking over to the fire, Nolka picked up a large forked stick and carried one hot rock after another and began placing them in the center of the lodge. She was just pulling another rock out of the fire when she heard someone coming. Sister, what are you doing? called Awasos as he and Casco, both completely out of breath, came running into the clearing. We saw huge tracks headed towards our camp. Costco said, we were afraid that you... Noka held up a hand to her mouth, and her brother stopped talking. She looked over towards the lodge. Our grandfather has finally arrived, Noka said. Come and greet him. Then she picked up another glowing rock. As she walked over to the lodge, her brothers, totally confused, followed her. Grandfather, your grandsons have returned to greet you, said Noka to the Chenu through the door of the lodge. Grandsons? I have grandsons, roared the Chenu. Looking into the lodge, Owasos and Costco could not believe it. There sat the very same monster whose tracks they had seen headed toward camp. Hello, my grandsons, the Chenu rumbled. Oh, uh, yes, uh, hello, grandfather. It is good to see you, Costco said after being nudged in the ribs by Noka. This lodge feels good. Bring me more rocks. Yes, grandfather, Costco said. The two men and their sister piled one glowing rock after another into the center of the lodge. 
Then, after placing a large birch bark bucket full of water just inside the door village, they closed the flap. Moments later, a loud hissing sound came from inside the lodge as Duchenu began to pour water on the rocks. Now is our chance to make a run for it, Noka whispered to her brothers. The three of them began to quietly sneak out of camp, but they had not moved quickly enough. More rocks! Bring me more rocks! Open the door, roared Duchenu. Noka ran over and swung open the flap of the lodge. Owasos and Casco proceeded to bring four more loads of rocks. Then, after the fourth load, the flap to the lodge was again closed. As soon as the door was closed, the sound of hissing steam came again from within the lodge. And just as before, just when they began to sneak away, the Chenu shouted for them again. Open the door! More rocks! More water! Yeah, yes, grandfather, we, we are coming! Quickly, Owasos and Casco brought more rocks as Nolka ran to a nearby stream to refill the birch bark bucket. When they opened the door to the lodge, huge gusts of steam flowed out so thickly that the only thing in the lodge they could see was the Chenu's huge arms as it reached out to grab the freshly filled bucket of water. Closing the flap again, all three siblings agreed it was no use trying to run. The Chenu would only call for them again, and sure enough, it did. Open the door! More rocks! More water! This time, they brought in every rock from the fire, even the rocks from the fire circle. They hoped the heat would be so great that Duchenu would pass out. Standing by the lodge, they listened closely. But to their surprise, as the hissing sound of the water hitting the rocks got louder and louder, Duchenu began to sing. Wayah, 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 ho! Wayah, 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 ho! Then it paused to pour more water on the rocks before it sang again. Wayah, 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 ho! Wayah, 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 ho! This time, as the Chenu sang, they noticed that its voice did not seem as loud. Again, they heard the sounds of steam rising as water was poured on the stones. We are, we are, we are, who? We are, we are, we are, who? That voice was much softer now, so soft that it sounded like the voice of an old man. We are, we are, we are, who? We are, we are, we are, who? Then it was silent. Grandchildren. Open the door, a little voice called from inside the sweat lodge. Awasos lifted up the door flap. A huge gust of steam blew out from the lodge, knocking him backward. As the steam rose into the air, a little old man crawled out from the lodge. As he stood up, the little old man began to cough. He coughed and coughed until he coughed up a huge piece of ice in the shape of a human heart. Falling to the ground, the heart-shaped piece of ice that was the bad spirit of the Chenu shattered on a rock. Thank you, my grandchildren. You have saved me. I am no longer a monster. Now I am truly your grandfather, said the old man with a smile. Solnoka and her two brothers took the old man who had been a Chenu as their grandfather. They brought him back to their village, where he quietly and peacefully lived out the rest 
of his days. <laughs> the Chenu, a story told for you by the great storyteller Joseph Bruchak. And I've been listening to it not only with you, but with one of our assistant producers, Lacey Olson. Lacey, thanks for bringing that to us. Yeah, I loved listening to that. It it really touched us some sweet spots for me. Yeah, see, and like I say, it's a monster story, right? But you walk away from it thinking, oh, yeah. You, you, you walk away from it using words like sweet and tender and uh, heartfelt yeah. and things like that mm-hmm. to describe it, right? Yeah. And, and, and where does that story take you? Um, I think why I listen to this story and think of words like sweet and just kind of tender hearted is because it kind of reminds me a lot of my own life mm. in a way. Yeah. Not that I know any monsters or <laughs> any people that would relate to that kind of thing. But um, all all growing up, we've always lived super close to all of my extended family. We mm. all lived within the same county and town. And so we go and we would visit them a lot. And I really got close to my grandmothers. We mm. would go visit them a lot. But my grandpas weren't always like around. Like they would be sometimes there, but not always. So they were kind of like as a little kid, bigger and scarier than me. And I didn't get to know them really well. Right. And I, they just, they were just kind of like, oh yeah, they're my grandpa, but I don't have like a connection to them really. And I feel like that is a little bit how these kids, you know, this, their, this grandpa of theirs was a monster sure. kind of thing. <laughs> Not that mine ever was, but in the end, uh, like they were able to see that it was their grandpa underneath everything that they could, they, they just had to see past it, you know, sure. to find their grandpa. Yeah. And I think for me, as I grew older and I, as they grew older too, that life just kind of became sweeter and that we were able to talk more and I've had really meaningful moments with them. Yeah. And especially with my one grandpa before he passed away, like I was able mm. to make meaningful memories with them and get to know them better because life just kept going and it, life got sweeter and yeah. it was great. What a lovely thing for a fantastical tale like this to take you into thoughts, some of the sort of thoughts closest to your heart about your own family. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's kind of wonderful. I I tend to go in the direction with a story like this of casting myself as the monster, right? <laughs> and, thinking, <laughs> and thinking in what ways do I feel kind of monstery? That's fair. <laughs> and how do and how do I get rescued from being that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, and it's it's always fun to hear a Joseph Bruchek story and uh and it was a pleasure to hear this one. Join us on Thursday for an episode that uh will feature uh, a story told live in the Appleseed studio before our terrific studio audience from the Detroit storyteller and musician Robert B. Jones. He'll share a beautiful tribute to his grandmother called uh, Song for Arnesia. Speaking of things that will take you into thoughts of your family, right? That episode will do that for you. You won't want to miss a single word. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for a bite! Brought to you by The Appleseed.